Amen. You guys, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the atmosphere of worship, atmosphere of praise. We thank you for the singing of Psalms 16, 7, and 8. That I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand and I will not be shaken. Thank you, Lord God, that you, you instruct our heart in the nighttime. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that, that the very greatest results we can ever have is being in holy discomfort because we're trusting you. We thank you, Father God, uh, for the risk of discomfort to walk in the power of deliverance, resurrection, and breakthrough. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. As uncomfortable things may be, things may feel like just out of sorts, we know as we are applying our faith and believing you that the reward of your breakthrough is going to be even greater in our heart. It'll, it'll be inseparable, just like our faith and our salvation. We thank you, Lord Jesus. There is a power as we stand in this moment and thrive during this discomfort. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our faith. Thank you for the opportunity to believe on the grounds of an uncommon and, and just an uncomfortable world. But that's where you called us to, and that's where we're going to walk in. You didn't just call us here to be comfortable. You called us here to be victorious. And we walk and we trust and we believe in you. And as it thrives, it's going to create great moments. Nothing worth having comes without a cost. So we pay it. We pay it before you, Lord God, to believe you. It's easy. You gave us everything. All we have to do is believe. We just believe. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. That seems so simple, seems so easy, seems so unfair. And sometimes it is the absolute most difficult thing to do. But just believe. I pray over this church, Lord God, for an anointing, for a power, for a boldness to just believe to just take hold of the word and say, I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust God. And that's it. That's it. That's all that's going to happen. That's all that's going to go down in my life is I'm going to just believe. So, Father, we hijack the doors. We pray for the anointing of God that anyone that walks through them will have this overwhelming power to just believe and just trust you. And I thank you for that, Lord. We pray, Father, we lift up Tim and Misty over Cohen and uh, all the tests that the doctors are doing and, and just the signs of leukemia and cancer. We just pray in Jesus' name. There's another sign that it was given to him before he was in his mother's womb. And that is that he would live and that you have a plan for him. And Father, we lift up Cohen. We thank you, Father God, that his red blood cells and white blood cells will become obedient to life in his body. And as Tim and I have agreed in prayer that he shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And we thank you, Lord God, that we spiritually lift up their arms, Tim and Misty. That, Lord, as Aaron did for Moses and, and lifted him up and the battle was being won. Father, wherever they're tired, wherever they're weary, we pray, Father God, for a unity in the spirit to lift them up. And Father God, that whatever they're struggling, that they can borrow it from us and, and use what we have, Father. And we, we thank you for them to see the discomfort of this 
as the other side of being victorious. And we thank you for it. We thank you according to Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. You heard us as we prayed the first time. We believe it is so. We believe it is done. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen. You may be. How many of you guys uh, um, like new furniture? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, really? Well, I do not. Because new furniture means stuff got to be moved. So maybe I should ask that differently. How many of y'all like moving this new furniture around? And when there's stairs involved, there is just, it's just awful. And then you realize how long you've been living with that stuff when you move it. You find things. So I have to get that out of my heart, that it was, it was rough decorating. But, but as we were doing that, we were thinking like, you know, these stairs are big. You know, every step, just stairs are just big. And uh, so Jire was helping me. And because and his arms are longer and my legs are shorter, it takes a little bit of time for me. I got to hit every step. I can't. I can't just step over like that. Come on, come on, man. Come on, man. man hush. And, and my lovely, man, I mean, my daughter is amazing. Like, this is just my kid. This is my girl. Uh, and she don't realize she acts more like me. I think she's starting to realize that that's it. You, you got this, this violent tendency in you. And so we were moving. I was so disappointed that we had to move stuff. That she had left a pen in the floor on those buttons that stick on your body and I didn't have any shoes on and I stepped on it and got it stuck in my foot like it went in there it was again decisive it was in there <laughs> Jai looked at me and I held it up and I showed the little button that was shoved into my foot and uh, he said uh, you alright no I got a button in my foot but I'm not going to get upset about it because we still have this stuff to move and I know you're about to leave and you're the only help I got. So let's keep working. It's amazing what assignments will do to your pain level and can help you keep your pain level. And then I looked at the bottom of my foot after I took it out because there was no blood. Not like this. The ball of my feet have so many calluses on it that it don't even bleed. Have you ever been through so much that you don't even bleed at certain things? And the friend of mine said, have you ever had a pedicure? I would not open. That would be a crime to loose my shoes in front of anybody and have them get down there on them. I would have been like, Peter, no, Lord, not my feet. <laughs> Peter must have had some camel toe. It's like, well, that just is wrong in all and every way. But the camels was on his feet was so dusty and dirty and just bad but anyway i was just awful awful so my feet i looked at them and i went there's a lot of stuff on my feet and i just was like it didn't bleed this morning one nick and it was draining out the side of my head i thought well god you know the places that need the most protection and i'll say this about what pastor rita was talking about earlier i think we worry about things that god has already got us covered and we need to be more protective of what we let into our mind and our thoughts. 
You know, we got to be protective because those things will usher out blood quickly. So stay well is what we're preaching about today. A life worth living. Stay well. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10 said, let us not grow weary in well-doing for in due time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to the family of faith. Now, remember last night, as, as, we, were, as we were doing this last night and, and uh, filming this last night about that verse, and that, that's been a verse that's been a cry of ministry. I remember in ministry school, they go, you, this is what you need to live. You cannot get tired of doing the good of God. There's no, you know, it's just like, don't grow weary. That means that you can let something's get in you long enough that you can grow tired of doing good. You actually grow tired, and, and God is like, this is, now he wouldn't have to put it in here if it couldn't possibly happen. Amen? So don't, don't be so upset that when you get tired of doing what's right, you're tired of doing what's good, and, and you have to pray not to grow weary in that and well-doing for you'll reap if you don't faint. And the minute that begins to rise up in us, we're not, we, we forget to stay well. Stay well. And if you've ever, and plenty of people have been, or all of us have been, if you've ever been sick, Sometimes if you're sick enough, you can like, what did well feel like, right? And it's, it could be one week out of the year, but you can miss out on what well actually feels like because of the fact of what you're going through in the moment. You can miss out on being well in your prayer life, being well in your worship because of what you're going through in the moment. And, and I said like, stay well, stay well in, in your mind, stay well in your spirit, stay well in your heart. Even when things are unwell around you, that, that's a part of a stay well. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Stay in that. Stay doing that part. And, and as much as it is, and, and I'm really, I, I'm get, I get concerned when, when people say, you know, if you pray every day, if you're consistent, they call you being religious. And it's like consistency is not religion. It's not a routine. It's relationship. Right? I'm not religious because I love my family every day. No one would ever say that. You're just being religious. You love your family. No, I love my family because that's in my heart. We're in we're a relationship. And God has bonded us together. So don't grow weary in, in well-doing and, and, and trusting in God and, and all the things that we do. So staying well means that we are pursuing God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and body. So every part of us is pursuing God. Every part of us wants God. And, and listen, I can't allow any part of me not to pursue God. If I get in a place at any time where my eyes don't pursue God or my ears don't pursue God or my mouth doesn't pursue God, I'll start to grow tired. I'll start to wear out. I'll start to become faint in my belief, faint in my faith, faint in my own dreams, right? Because some of those things, you, you, we start some of those things, but those things take opportunity for us to work in them i cannot grow weary and i had i've often had people ask me like how do you go and you could you know when i was traveling you could speak all day drive in from out of town get changed and go to church well first, first of all change church not option that that's part of the calling of god that other stuff i did up to that was an option but it does not change 
the call of God. Praying for you guys, the body of Christ's church, is not optional. I will not grow weary ever in praying over our church. It, no matter what the results are, the, the call is to pray and lift up and encourage and to believe God over us, right? So I got to seek God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and body over our entire life. As, as Pastor Reed and even, even jokingly up here and, and just even talking about what we do in, in even times. But I, I, I don't grow weary in loving my wife. I don't grow weary in our, in our marriage. You know what I mean? And you'll hear people say stuff like, uh, I love them, but I'm not in love with them. And all they're saying is, I'm, I've gotten tired and lazy. I mean, that's, that's what that is, right? Because now it's pursuit. Hebrews eleven six says he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And a lot of times we get to a place where we're trying to show up, but God just said, do you seek me every day? Do you seek me before you're about to get upset? Do you seek me before you're about to do something? And he rewards the seeking, he rewards the fact that, God, I want you to be a part of everything that I do. I want you to be a part of every place in my life. So, so the best of God is, is at all times and even greater when we pursue him in the worst of times. And, and that's what we were reading about earlier about your faith. Then, you know, is, is powerful when you're in the least amount of comfort. You know, we're going to have to stand for what we believe regardless of whether the rest of the world is doing it or not. The rest of the world doing it or not. Um, we, uh, Jaime back there, James, would, would always have in our youth group, he'd bring the end times report. And I remember that. I remember that. Remember, I remember kids used to be like, oh, here come James. You know, like, because like, like, James about to tell you how, like, the one world government, we were talking about this stuff, what, 20 years ago? And he'd come up with a little Bible. He's in the youth group now. And we'd have, we'd have all these things. Never forget that. I remember one kid asked me, why do you let him do that? So people like you won't go to hell. That's why I let him do it. Because you know? James would give you the revelation. And the, like he had that whole thing put down. Because again, we can't just pursue the parts we like and the part, parts we don't like. Right? We can't just do that. And, and I, I remember thinking about that all the time. Because one of the persons just recently reached out to me and said hello. And I was just thinking about the fact that the information that God provides for us isn't always comfortable to hear, but it's necessary to live. Right? It's just necessary. We, we have to begin to hear that. So it's, it's pursue him. So we want to fight for your well not to become dry and cause you to abandon it since there, things aren't going your way. So well, meaning number one, how we feel physically. Well, also talking about the fact that well where water is provided. Do you get dry? All right. You know, the, the vernacular in today's world, are you thirsty? You know, there's a point of that where God says, stay well, stay filled. And as the Bible says, we are a river of living water. It becomes in that place of us staying filled with the very things of God. I, don't, I do not want to dry out. I do not want to wither away. I do want to stay fresh and, and well in the things of God. But that comes with well-doing. Do not grow weary in well-doing. That means I have to get out and respond to the love that God has given within. 
If I never show it without, I, I just I recently heard, heard a kid, he was quoted, he was in a movie, and he was talking about his brother who had been murdered, and he said his grandmother said, if you don't remember someone out loud, they die twice. And there's times where you got to remember out loud what Christ has done for you. You have to remember with our life. We have to remember with the way we take our stance and, and with the way we believe. And, and again, with, with, the, with the times being an end to where they are, and we got even, even religious leaders saying things that you don't need God to be saved, to go to heaven. That's, and I remember the Secretary of State, when we signed this, part of the, the bylaws was, are you going to be going according to the Bible? What's your script? Like, it's the word of God. That's what we signed up to do. It's not optional, right? I'm going to go get to live next to the God I never received. Now, they had to shoot last night. If any one of those kids thought they were going to walk through the front door, that wasn't going to happen. We ain't got no relationship like that. Catch a candy, put it in your bucket, get on. Right? Anytime you walk, take a stair step, you, you too far. You back up. Okay? So, needless to say, they didn't let me hang out outside due to I may run off some people. I had some friends that came by. But, but what God is saying is that you're, you're, you're greater. You're greater in our relationship than just doing a little good and then giving up. Doing okay and then giving up. God is not a, a, a spiritual a diet. Right? He's not the diet plan. He's not the latest fad. He's eternity. So when we give up our well, the spiritual immune system against the things of this world becomes broken down and we become vulnerable to believe things that are not in God's word. Ever thought about that? Am I believing something that God didn't even say? Am I believing something and trusting in something that's not God? And, and I have to stop and think about that. When did I get sick like that? When did I get sick to where I'm just going to lay here and, and take whatever comes at me. When did my immune system break down? Psalms 139 verse 14, it talks about my soul knoweth right well. And, and, and it says my soul knows right well. What, what's in my soul? What, what, what is deep down into me? Uh, when, we, when, we, uh, when we keep wellness in God up, our soul begins to be nourished and strengthened. It's because my soul knows well. I know within my soul where I'm headed with God. I know that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. I know my soul knows. So I'm going to walk according to my soul. This is a life worth living. Life worth living, heart worth giving. When I give myself over to God and give him all that I have, all that I need, he is my soul blessed. Right? Because we can, we can <laughs> what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Right? So I can have all these things, but if my soul is lost, if there's no soul living, that I'm not going to be well. I'm not going to be well. It's not going to happen. So a soul that knows well doesn't need the things of this world for us to feel successful or approval or approved because the spirit of God is providing their matter in life. So I don't want God to provide for me, right? Because if I don't let God provide, I'm going to be my own source. And I'm, I don't know what I need every day. There are days uh, that some of us can get so busy, we forget to eat. Anybody been like that? Where you just keep going and going and going and you don't even eat? <laughs> some of y'all's <laughs> face is like, no. In fact, I stop and take somebody else's turn. Listen, 
There are times where you will not know what's best for you. And that means you need to stay in tune to God so he can always keep you up to speed on you, on just you. He can keep you up to speed on you. We'll look at this, this great king. Second Kings chapter 18, uh, verse 1 through 5. It says, in the third year of the reign of Hosea, son of Allah, over Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, became king of Judah. That used to be one of our trick questions as a kid. Where's the book of Hezekiah? There's no book of Hezekiah. But they would be like, because they're caught up, they'd be flipping. You could leave the room and go get lunch. They're looking for the book of Hezekiah. It ain't in there. He was 25 years old. Now, we're, we're in election year. What, what if we were electing a 25-year-old? Uh, when he became king and he, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years, his mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. Right? And, that, and that's our verse three is our life. Let's do what's right in the eyes of God. Let's do what's right in the eyes of God. Because if it's not right in the eyes of God, you can make up all the arguments. You can defend it all you want to. If it's not right with God, it's not right. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Pastor. Thank you for reading over that. I appreciate that. He removed the high places, shattered the sacred pillars, and cut down the Azeroth poles. He also demolished the bronze snake called Nehustan that Moses had made, for up to that time, the Israelites had burned incense to it. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. No king of Judah was like him, either before him or after him. Right? Like, think about that. He was so... Now, I can think of a few biblical people that I thought might have been better than his. But God said no one was like him before him. No king was like him before him or after him. Right? And, and, and it, we go back to verse 3. Because he was doing what was right in the eyes of God. He was doing what was right in God's eyes. Not in what people like, what in what was popular. He was doing what was right in the eyes of God. And so we, we got to step back and go like... And, Anytime, You're, our kids, all of us, we got to go back. Well, let's find out what the Bible says about this situation. And let's do what's right in God's eyes. Not just in what we feel like and not just in what we want to be like. Just what's right in God's eyes. God, what do you see? Because I want to see what you see. And so when he started talking about him taking down these high places, these places where they had been set up. And, and basically it was idolatry what he was tearing down the statues of things that were in their life and they kept running back to the worship place and they kept running taking that those things over god let me tell you when you come to christ you have to tear down high places or you'll worship them more than you do the faith that you now have high places must be torn down so these are areas of life that receive worship over god in those days with the images and all the things that they had, today we come to God as we are, but the influences that are ungodly must be pulled down. I can come to God as I am, but God didn't call me to stay this way. He, there, there's a deliverance. There's a, there's a new life, right? There's a separation of what I used to be. He's given me new life. He's tear, But you got to tear down the high places, that, that anger and stuff. And by the way, still has to happen today still has to happen today when that consuming fire of anger hits me of something that may happen and i want my first thing is to get even 
with whoever has wronged me, physically, verbally, whatever. I want to get even. And then I want to get a little bit extra just in case for the next time. Not saying this is right and not saying I've acted on it, but I'm telling you I have to get, get rid of it. I tell you, I have to pull it down because if I sit and, and you sit there if you want to and act holy if you want to, but if you sit and, and look at the complaints about your job every day, you're going to be so unhappy by the time you show up that you're not going to be there even when you are there. So you have to look at it and go, God, since I'm still going to be here, I know there's some bad stuff here. I know some people that I know there's some leaders that shouldn't be here, but God help me. My mind needs to get right. I can't think like this all the time. If I think like this all the time, I'm going to be so frustrated and devastated. Right? They're just people, that's the way it is. And that may be your time of prayer, but if you don't bring that high place down, you won't even be able to trust God at the job because you're too busy worshiping the problems. Right? So you can't be trusted with praise when he can't trust you with problems. Go praise at the wrong stuff. I once heard somebody say, you can't be trusted with praise if you can't be trusted with the problems. We, we said, what was our marriage for? Sickness or health? For good times or bad times? When pastor is right and you might not ever be right. All of those things. This <laughs> is a little reversed. But it, it, the option was, you will remain together for what God has put together. Let no man pull apart. That's our word. That's, that's our agreement. What, again, whether anyone wants to like it or not, that's the Bible. That's God's life over our life. And that's what he's called us to do. So a high place can be the part of us that we feel strongly about but doesn't align itself with God's word. And if we don't tear it down in our life, we will lose our well for God. Right? You can lose your healthiness for worship, your healthiness for believing, for healthiness for prayer. We, we've even, uh, my dad was just telling me about one of, our, one of, our, one of my cousins in, in our family. There's alcohol is a problem. We, it, we, we've yet to see someone success, successfully be drunk all the time and be successful in the end of the day. And he has one of the common diseases that's killed several of the men in our family, and that's cirrhosis of the liver. And this cousin of mine has it. And they, my other aunt asked my dad to go pray for him. And, and he went there to pray for him. He couldn't even say amen. He didn't want to be a part of the prayer. Wouldn't you think at that time when your liver don't look right that you need to be receiving? But I think there are times where people can be unwell for so long that they don't even know when good shows up. Right? So we've got to be at a place where, as our students, and, and even they said, 60% of kids at, that's, that's at home online studying, 60% fail. 60, or 70% fail. Out of the, they were giving us the student count. Because so, they were telling me what kind of speeches I can put together for that. Pass? Like, do your work? Get from under the covers. You can't do it from the pillow. Like, like what? Like what am I supposed to say? There was, that lady was asking me that. She goes, because they had they 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 presented a lot of my speeches for Red Ribbon Week while I was at the house, but they were being broadcasted. What you got for this? Sit up. Get a room. Get somewhere other than your bedroom. Turn the camera on. 
I said, but they, they failed. Since it was 70%. Yeah. So they're failing. Yeah. I, come on, y'all. Really? If you're watching this sermon right now at home, you do it from the relaxed position. Right? You're not ready to land it, right? Because they say move your tray tables to the <laughs> and your chair to the upright and locked position. But if you're doing it from relax, you're going to relax your thinking, relax your thought. And there's some kids who can do that, some kids who can't do that, and they got to understand that. I was like, what speech do you want me to give them? Watch the other person who's passing? And some of it is just flat out like, I need that accountability. Some of us just need that accountability. Some of us have workout partners because we won't show up for ourselves, but we'll show up if it's somebody else. You got to learn how to show up for you got to learn how to show up just for you and, and that accountability. I think that's what I'm going to do. Thank thank, I got it. I think <laughs> I almost crossed. I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do the accountability. That's what I'm going to say. That's, yeah. Give them somebody a call. I ain't doing my work. Do it. But high places, we have to tear down those strongholds. I have to tear down the past. I have to constantly make sure that those things don't become alive in my life, don't come up in my life. I have to make sure the anger that I grew up with doesn't come back. And I have to tear it down and tear it down because it becomes a high place. And I will put it before God because if I think the moment is right that I should take it out on someone, I'll put that up before God. And God says, that should not be still standing in your life. And the reason why you keep turning to it because it's still standing there. I'm so glad y'all don't have anger issues. I'm so glad y'all never went through that. I'm so glad y'all don't have a temper. I'm so glad I'm the only one with this issue. And God says to make sure you take it down. Here, and here's the, here's the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10 and verse 5 through 6 says this, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So it says casting down every high things and he had to tear down high places. Your mind can build up some high stuff. And build it up. And once you build it up, you'll believe it up. And you'll turn to it. You have to pull those high things down that are against God so that you can have your relationship with God be louder. Remember we said God's voice is loudest when we become the quietest. If I stop talking so much, I can hear. I can hear. You guys don't do this. When I argue, I like to get in more words. So though I may not be right, I may not be winning an argument philosophically, philosophically, but I'm winning it in numbers of words. I got my own victory going. Right? Yeah, she may have said one word and it made more sense than my thousand, but I'm a thousand to one. Ever been like that where you're around someone who just say a bunch of stuff over and over again <laughs> other than today? <laughs> it's like I got word, I'm winning on the word sections. And, and when again, God says, my truth is simple. My truth is straightforward. Quit letting someone build up a bunch of stuff around you when all you got to do is follow the one. Because the Lord thy God is one. So there is a fight for our mind every day against the high things that against, against what, that's against what we know about God. There are things today where people are propping up 
as a high things and behaviors and lifestyles that's their high thing that's against what the Bible says. And the Bible says, cast that imagination down. The minute your empathy turns toward that, you will start to agree with something that God did not call us to. Stay well. Stay well. We live in a world that is lifting up things that are against God and calling those of us who do believe in what God has said evil. And the Bible says, be careful those who call evil good and good evil. And we have to make sure we stay well in what God has said that as well. That, that is our, our blessed place. Now, I can read something and run with it. As Pastor Rita was telling me this morning while I was making juice, which is the theme of my life, carrots, cucumbers, celery. I was about to say paisley, but it's parsley. That's just how my wine works. Spinach, kale. Peaches, plums, lemons, 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 oranges. Not orange, oranges. You've never had an orange or orange. You never had one of them? No, orange, like orange. They could do that. That's my life. She goes, you think that, <laughs> how did you say it? Like, that God not only meant for you to have this to bless you, but to give you something to do. Who talks to your eternal person you're going to be with forever? Like God gave you a toy that's going to keep you busy. Like it was my daycare. That's the way I heard it. That's the way I heard it. Look at God gave you him. Look, go, go send him in there to the kitchen. How do I get rid of him? Go in there and go and do something. And she know I'd be in there, but came in with 12 apples. They had them on sale. I had bags of apples running out. It, and, and, and again, and she's right, because not only do I get to pick out the ingredients and peel them and cut them and enjoy that, like I make out time to do this, but I still have to clean it afterwards, which I have to do that if I want to keep it working good. I have a whole system set out. She just walked in. She's going, hmm. As only Pastor Rita could do and love so loving, could say, you got a daycare. You're being watched for me. Most people put their kids in front of TV. She put me in front of juice. Be back a couple hours. Here's some more fruit. Look what I found. She said, she said, the oranges she put out there, knowing I'm a, I was going to be attracted to them. She said, two oranges out, just like nonchalant. I was like, where's he's from? These are not local. No, the local is here. <laughs> she put those things out on that counter. No, and I'm drawn to them. <laughs> Take me to your leader. Loving that is like, I think, when, when, and, and I, I do believe that. I think God puts things in our life to help us in every area. Not just in the parts that, you know, I know it's a benefits to it, but there's things that my time needed to be consumed. Right? And I know. I mean, y'all can believe whatever you want that I have attention issues. It's true. It's true. I do. But you should see me with this juice. Nothing can break it. Like, my focus is, I'm in it. Stuff flying everywhere. You should see, when you think God is not helping you, you should see how God really is tuned into your life. You should see it. See it. I mean, 
gosh, I'm in it. They be talking to me, and I turn the juice up louder. Because you can hear pieces of it, but you don't want to respond. I can't hear you. There's a carrot going through. You hear that? When you get in that, but, but you understand that God cares about you. And he's really focused in. He's right there in on everything you do. But you have to stay well, right? Because even though I get discount fruit, some of it I won't use. Because it's rotting all the way. I don't even want the juice from that. And sometimes you have to stay well. And I'm actually, all the time you need to stay well. And tear down high places. So using words like, you know, uh, in the body of Christ that we, we're trying to stay well. And, and, and we don't want to keep people and let people keep their high places and, and still be okay with God. And, and we say things like, oh, I'm just being acceptable and I'm being loving. And, and my parents and I, we were talking last night, which is the pregame. Before every sermon, and they were talking about, my, my dad was talking about telling the truth, telling the truth, telling the truth. Make sure you're being truthful. Make sure you're being integrity. Telling the truth. And, and just talking about how people don't like the truth. If I really love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Even if it means going against what you're actually involved in. Right? The truth will make you or mad. Right? I don't want to tell the truth. Ask elementary kids. If I ask elementary kids, what do you think about my band-aid? I can tell you. No one little girl would be like, I think you should be more careful. And maybe you should pay for that. You got any money, little girl? You want to pay for my gas to go over there? Sometimes we want to make sure that we are speaking. And it's not that you don't love someone when you tell them the truth. In fact, that means you do love them. Tell the truth. Speak the truth. Uh, evil imaginations that are not challenged will c- turn into fantasies of destruction. Stay well. Stay well. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 20 through 21. And this is the, 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 the uh, parable of the talents. But I want to get to the guy who got five. It says, the servant who had received the five talents came and presented five more. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with the few things. I will put you in charge of many things into, into the joy of, of your master. The King James Version said, enter into your rest. Right? And, and so he took the five, and you know, he gave one one, gave another one two, and gave this guy five. And the one that had one buried it because he wanted to protect it, and he was going to save it till Jesus, till the master came back. And the two went out and did something with theirs. Two did it with theirs, five did something with his, and you have to do something with yours. You have to do something with yours for it to grow and, and, and grow in God and, and not just harbor it for ourselves. So it is impossible to grow in wisdom and time if we put aside the things of God we're called to do. I will not get more time if I say I'm going to stop doing what God called me to do so I can have more time at home to work on the yard. Have you ever taken off work to do a bunch of stuff? Only to need more days off to do it. When I stop doing well, when I grow weary in this well-doing arena, I will not gain more time in my day. Because the most time-completing place in my life is the will of God. The most time wasted in my life (laughs) is outside of the will of God. I get more done under God's will than I ever will outside of God's will doing it my way. 
Yeah. It, it begins to flow in such a way I give myself over to So give all you are to God, and your provision for life will double. Buried goodness of what we used to do cannot grow and produce fruit. I can't be used to. It's like the, the dudes who sit around and talk about their sports stories. And they score touch. They add a score every time they tell a story. Remember that time I scored eight touchdowns and we won 20 to 19? Well, so you're flunking math. Even in your own story. And part of it is that they've lost the ability for their imagination and to dream, and now they're just stuck in their memories. Do not lose our imagination. We want to make sure we keep that forward. John chapter 4, verse 6 through 7 says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus at the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Right? Uh, Samaria and Jews, they, they did not get along. It was a whole racial divide. And she couldn't believe he was speaking to her. Number one, not only was she a different race, but she's also a woman. Which, you know, they, that wasn't supposed to work. Jesus broke both barriers. Like, if we're ever going to get through the mess we're going to get in, we better get in the word of God. Because no one else can deliver us from, from, the, uh, <laughs> from the racial divide and the sexist divide like the Bible can. No one. Because Jesus kept showing us, I'm breaking it, I'm breaking it, I'm breaking it. But here's the cool thing. This lady showed up to the well. And why would you show up to the well? Because you know there's something in it. Right? If, 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 if we're going to get people closer to Christ, we have to keep our well well. Because they can't show up if they don't think nothing's in the well. And she had an encounter with Christ because there was something in the well. She showed up to the place where there was something in Stay well. People are going to show up to your life and get an encounter with Christ because you stay well. Not because we were the best at everything, but we were well at what God called us to be. And it was a cool thing to talk to my parents. And I, I think I'm starting and. and Man, it sounds weird, but I think I'm just starting to more understand, get closer to my family, especially my mother. And she, she, she got off the phone and let me talk to my dad. But then we were talking too long in her eyes. So she got back on the phone. And she was borderline apologizing. She goes, you know, when I talk to you, the reason why I tell so many jokes and I want to be funny is I know that I remember when I have joy. And I just sat quietly like, she goes, you know, I don't know how I fell. I don't know how my car got on the wrong side of the highway. But I always remember how to have joy. And so I said, well, mom and dad, Nehemiah 8, 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. She goes, yeah, that's right. She goes, she goes baby, she's talking to me, which I love. <laughs> I have so much joy when we talk. Something about the Spirit of God. And she's telling these jokes that I don't know. I mean, she's talking about people I don't remember. <laughs> but her memory comes up like alive during that time. 
during that time. And, 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 you know, I have to watch out for condemnation because, man, maybe I shouldn't have been moved here and I should have stayed close to my parents. You know, all that stuff. And God's like, no, no, no. D- just can you listen? Can you do that listen silent thing? Can you do that? And, and, and it would just remind me of even this stay well. Mary Hart do a good like a medicine. She goes, I, I realize when I get off the phone with you, it's a, it, I have to fight to remember stuff. During the time, and they're never, I don't know if you guys, when you call your parents, it's never five minutes. It's hours. Hours. I got, I got wireless headphones for that. So I can juice while they're talking to me, or prep. Just saying. You can kill two birds with one stone. Just juice. Maybe not immune juice. And, she's, and then she said this, and I think this is just so biblical because sometimes we can let the situation take us down emotionally and become mentally, emotionally drained, and we have no joy. She says, when my memory is at its best is when I'm at that place of joy. I want to speak that over us, that we quit taking stuff so seriously that it breaks us from the peace of God to have joy. Got to stay well. Got to stay well. Amen. I want you guys to bow your heads. The father is heads are bowed and eyes are closed and people are praying. I just pray, Father, for whatever mindset of defeated spirit that might have tried to run and get wild. I thank you, Lord God, as being confronted with what we know in Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for strengthening us to turn towards you. God, I'm going to stay well. I'm going to stay well. I need to be well in my hearing, well in what I say, well in what I see, well in my reactions, well in my tone. I want to be well. I thank you, God. I will not grow weary in well-doing. I thank you for the due season. I thank you, Lord God, for the peace. Lord God, I want to receive and walk in joy. No matter what's going on around me, no matter what the world is doing, I know if I just trust in you that you're going to take care of the rest. And Lord, we just thank you as you are reuniting and strengthening our families that this month be a a month of thankful and gratitude that consume our heart, soul, mind, and body. Tearing down high places and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ, we bring it down that we may bless you and honor you with our life. We give it all to you. We give you the glory for it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody say Amen. Amen. If you guys-